Well, the virus has now killed more than 100 people in China, and new cases have been confirmed around the world. So you don't want to frighten the American public. France and South Korea have also got evacuation plans. Which you need to prepare for and assume. Strongly warning Americans to avoid all non-essential travel to China. That this is going to be a real serious problem. France, Australia, Canada, the US, Singapore, Cambodia, Vietnam, the list goes on. Health officials are investigating more than 100 possible cases in the US. Germany, a man has uh, contracted the virus. The epidemic is a demon and we cannot let this demon hide. Japan, where a bus driver uh, contracted the virus. Coronavirus has killed more than 100 people there and infected more than 4,500. We have to prepare for the worst, always, because if you don't and the worst happens. War Room Pandemic. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. Incredibly powerful Hurricane Laura has battered the Louisiana coastline this morning, Thursday morning, making landfall at about 5 a.m. As a Category 4 storm, since weakening to a Category 2, but still 110 mile an hour winds. We'll be following that very closely and want to thank our partners at Weather Nation for the footage that you're seeing on your screens over the course of the show today. This is War and Pandemic episode 355 broadcasting live from Capitol Hill on a voice on the John Fredericks Radio Network subtitled in Mandarin and blown through the CCP's firewall by Genius and GTV and of course later on in the day on Newsmax. Welcome to the War Room Jack Maxey, Vishbur, Raheem Kassam and Stephen K. Bannon. Uh, how do we get uh, Weather Nation. How do people, Vish, get more access to Weather Nation? Doing a fantastic you, job of covering the storm. You can find it on all the uh, same platforms that America's Voice News is on. So that includes Roku, Pluto, Dish, uh, and uh, WeatherNationTV.com. And can they? And that's the that's the app they download. Yeah. Okay. John Fredericks Radio Network. Want to welcome all the deplorables in from the John Fredericks Show. America's Voice News. Right, our distribution partner now, Dish Channel 219, uh, Newsmax TV, and 70 million homes. Chris Ruddy, you can see it every night right after the end of the uh, the uh, end of the uh, the live broadcast for the RNC. And I understand it's doing incredibly well. People love the uh, love the analysis, love the insights. Uh, also, G News, GTV, and Mandarin later in the day, and of course, in every Facebook, all our Facebook pages, uh, everywhere, Pluto TV. It's just it's, it's ubiquitous. And the podcast, now over 13 million downloads, and we're trying to become one of the larger podcasts in the country. Okay, let's talk about the storm. Uh, by the way, three storms brewing. One that just came, a Cat 4 that came ashore in uh, Louisiana. There's a storm brewing in Minneapolis, Kenosha, and Portland that's going to have to be dealt with, right? I think you started to see a little bit of it in Kenosha last night. It looked like it was a little calmer. Uh, and then there's other, I think there's a storm brewing here today with President Trump's going to give his uh, acceptance speech in the... Uh, at the White House, I think there's some activities already planned to try to drown him out, uh, th- what they're talking about. They're going to have a concert somewhere. I think Black Lives Matter and Antifa are talking about some sort of rally down by the Trump Hotel. I think the uh, BLM Park or the or the Fed, that little federal plaza uh, will get we'll know more about this uh, as the show progresses. 
Uh, and also the the RNC, a little a storm coming out of there. Now, now I think that people, in particular the deplorables, feel that uh, this race is getting more and more defined. One of the things we're very proud to do, you know, give you the signal, not the noise, was to focus on the party of science and data and um, evidence, the evidence-based, science-based database uh, party. That would be the Democrats. Um, and, and we're honored that the, the Democrats listened to us on War and Pandemic. Last week at their convention, they pulled out, and it was National Pulse, I think, that got this scoop, a, a plan from March 24th was what yeah. he, he, he put forward. It was pretty innocuous. It had some, you know, some generalities in there about testing and things like that, but it wasn't really a plan. I think we outed them. Are we the only ones that talked about that? Because Kamala Harris is coming in town today. It's counter-programming. And you can tell you get a feel already that this is not working out well for them. They thought the networks were going to fact-check everything. They didn't realize that. And I think that the mainstream media has got it wrong. This is not about the toxic, how toxic Trump is and not making him toxic to suburban women. I think what the RNC's done, uh, Rana uh, McDaniel, and I think what the campaign, uh, Stepien and Jason Miller, and these guys have done very smart, is show the decency and the, um, and the authenticity as Jerome Revere said yesterday, mm-hmm. of the people that come up and talk about that, not the politicians. You've got a huge cross-section of the American people telling the story. The Democrats are now getting, are getting laid into by Democratic activists and mainstream media, but they've had no counter to this. Right. And not that last week, I think the Trump counter was fine. I don't think it was overwhelming. right? I don't think you need to be overwhelming. Guys ought to have their chance to say, say their piece. But I thought the Trump campaign, I think Boris... Epstein uh, ran it over it for the uh, campaign. I thought they did a good job. There's been crickets. You know, I keep saying that to get um, to get a Biden, uh, you know, out of the uh, out of the basement with, you know, Jill doing the proof of life podcast. You're going to force him out with action. That's what this RNC is this week. Before we pivot back to the RNC and we got so much to cover here, we're going to have Natalie Winter on. Dr. Zelenko is going to join us. Maybe a surprise guest in the second hour. Tomorrow, we've got Dr. Bradley Thayer and Bill Gertz on a big China uh, section we're doing uh, tomorrow. Um, uh, I want to, anything else about this hurricane? This, first off, hashtag war and pandemic, at war and pandemic, hashtag war and pandemic, and in the live stream. If you're down in the area, obviously, number one, take, take caution, but give us, we would love to hear what you have to say. Citizen journalism, tell us what's going on, tell us what the reality is. Help us give, if we can give guidance to anybody, we'll hopefully go back to the our partners over at Weather Nation, grab some more footage. One thing our listeners should keep an eye on, this storm came up right along the border between Texas and Louisiana, and right there are some of the largest refiners in America. It's very vital to our energy interests. When Laura was coming, they shut down 80% of the oil production in the Gulf of Mexico. That's going to take some time to get back online. They also shut down refining capacity of 3 million barrels a day. We are not certain if there are damages to any of these refineries right yet. But we've seen a very tight oil supply, a very tight gasoline supply, as demand has rocketed over the last couple of weeks back to levels that we haven't seen since before the pandemic. So from an economic standpoint, we're praying for all the people of, of southwest Louisiana and southeast Texas for certain but from a national security standpoint, this is going to be very interesting to see whether or not oil prices rise as a result of this and what this may do to our ability to supply some of these things internally in the, in the near term. Yeah, and uh, also to our listeners out there that are in the, the uh, southeast Texas and Louisiana area that might be affected by this, we're also 
getting news that uh, about 500,000 homes and businesses uh, in that area are have to have their power knocked out. Yeah, so. was, and, and by the way, it was 250 when we started the show. It's now 500. I said that number is going to be low. You're going to hear this number. If you're coming across with those types of winds, yeah. right, and in, in, in that type of rain, you're going you're gonna to have some damage. So um, does what does the president do tonight? To, 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 does, he hold, uh, does he hold his uh, speech to do it tomorrow? Does he go down tomorrow? I know they don't want the president there until they can clear the place away. But what do you, what do you think he does? It's only been mentioned a couple of times. What do you think? What, how's the hurricane impact the way we travel through the day today? Well, I think it goes down tomorrow. I don't think they, they change anything in terms of logistics tonight. And really because there's of the counter protests and counter logistics that are going to be taking place tonight and the fireworks displays set for tonight outside on the National Mall as well. Um, now, you will see and I think you will hear over the president's speech, there are these um, far left groups that are planning to hold this. Uh, protest outside the White House, um, but there will be Trump supporters there also. So I think everything's set in place for the president to do that. Now, if you remember, cast your mind back to 2016, um, what, there was a there was a lot of flooding in in Louisiana that year, and I went down there and actually produced a video of the of of the thing. I try and pull it back up, yeah. and we can we can run some of it here. Uh, but the, the devastation was incredible, and and. Uh, Candidate Trump went down there, yeah, I remember. And, yep. and, and and others didn't. Um, nobody wanted to go down there from the Democrat side, and that was one of the critical moments big, of the it 2016 was a, it campaign. Was, it was a big move for him to go down there. By the way, tw- 2008 and 2012, both Republican conventions. Remember, we got delayed a day T- in 2008, and I think it was Minneapolis. The first day got canceled, mm. and uh, 2012 in Tampa, the first day got canceled because of uh, because of the, uh, the the hurricane. So this is something that's been you do it this time of year. You're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna have some impact. What, what other? By the way, go to tell people how to go to Weather Nation again because it's a, uh, it's a fantastic site, uh, and it really gets you. I think it, sometimes people think the Weather Channel's got too much, you know, g- talk or gossip or talking heads, etc. This is more. You're getting more raw. You're getting more raw weather. Yeah. Well, uh, you can you can download the Weather Nation app. You can go to weathernationtv.com or. And you can doubt, or you, if you have Roku, Pluto, or Dish, you can find Weather Nation on all of these platforms. Um, let's go to. Uh, I want to go to Minneapolis. We got so we got storms rolling. We got a big storm. We want hashtag war and pandemic. And guys, break in with any news. Hashtag war and pandemic in the live stream. If anybody has anything to say, just break in. Uh, if the Weather Nation guys have anything for us, but this is a big one. This is going to have a big impact. And also, you've seen the. the if you've seen the uh, the way this cone's going to be. The jet stream is going to pick this up, and it looks like it's going to blow right through the Mid-South and right into Washington, D.C. by Sunday, right? Saturday night or Sunday? So this is going to... Um, S- uh, Saturday uh, in the evening. Saturday in the evening right now, tentatively. Mm-hmm. Um, Kenosha, Portland, and now Minneapolis. Minneapolis had, had an incident last night. Let's start with Kenosha. The president, they talked about the National Guard. What actually... Why did things calm down a little bit last night? Was it the shootings that took place the day before? The more focused National Guard? What is it? Well, I think people were in shock from the night before. I mean, it was absolute carnage the night before. I mean, what? I don't know if we have the CNN thing, by the way, uh, the Chiron that they put up overnight. You see this? It, 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 what was it? Fiery, 
fiery, but, but mostly pre- peaceful. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No. With, with, the, the, with the fires raging. Uh, it's fires the raging. Guy. We got it. We got it. I think pull actually back. the the footage from that was from two nights ago, but it sort of went viral. But last still, night. I know. But, but it's still, it's still it's the Chiron. Yeah, I mean, come exactly. on. The, the guy sitting there. The things on. That's fire. like the Ali Velshi clip too. If you remember, I think during in the Minneapolis, right. yes. it's same yes. thing. Same you know, thing. It's mostly peaceful as he's looking at a raging fire. But, but I do think there was a lot of shock, right, as as, as a result of some of this. And the, the, you know, there's all the talk of the 17 year old boy who had the who had the the gun who's uh, was taken into custody yesterday afternoon and so there was a lot of that as well but at the same time it wasn't that there weren't people armed out there a lot of the news organizations are reporting this morning the reason it was peaceful was because there were no armed people out right as if it's the armed people who were causing uh, a, a lot of the looting and the violence not protecting the stores and protecting property they were they were just limiting it appears they were limiting themselves to staying within the boundaries of the properties they were protecting rather than patrolling generally around the streets by the way we're going to get i want uh avian our partners to keep playing the uh, the hurricane footage right if we get any chance play some of the the protest footage but the, the hurricane is number one today uh for our radio audience so we're going to be skipping around we're going to be jumping back and forth to a degree but um so, but here's the question: President Trump, this it's action, 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 and particularly this law and order question. You're seeing the polling, and this is just not about the politics of it. This is about right for the country. But I think you're seeing people are sitting there going, "This is too much," right? And it's including a lot of working class Democrats, right? That's why I think they're getting nervous about too much. And you still don't see in the mainstream media where you get the CNN Chiron that says, "Hey, it's peaceful protesting." In the back, you got the tell is the is the fifty foot fire that you can't uh, you can't avoid you know, one question that i've never heard anybody discuss and i've been looking for it but this kid's from illinois number one right he's not even a resident of wisconsin but close everything that i can find out the open carry law in wisconsin requires that you be 18 years of age mm. so this kid was actually there with a weapon that he was not actually legally mm. allowed to be walking the streets with and to me, that kind of, I have a question. Why is that not part of the debate? I mean, this kid was underage. Mm. Where, were his, was his, where was his mother or his father in all of this? Well, I mean, but what, what is the relevance? Uh, I, I get it, but what's the relevance to well, the... Well, it just shows you how chaotic and unregulated right. this whole thing is. I mean, which of his parents uh, bought this 17-year-old kid an AR-15? Wasn't he a gun guy? I mean, I what, no what, wasn't it, he but, linking to militia sites also about this? And, and Tucker last night said, "Hey, what do you expect when you know when the, you see the crash of law and order? Right, right. When you don't see a, a civil society, I don't think Trump. I don't think. Um, uh, I don't think he was trying to make. Uh, I don't think he was trying to make excuses. I think he was putting out another aspect of this ought to be yeah. discussed. So. Um, yeah. Let's take a short commercial break. Uh, we're going to come back. We have Natalie Warner. Got a lot to go through. RNC, very powerful night last night. You've got the storm, obviously very powerful, and this storm that's brewing in Portland, Minneapolis. Real tragedy in Minneapolis last night. Natalie Winter's TikTok. We got another scalp. Kamala Harris coming back. Update Biden's plan. All next. War and pandemic. War room. Pandemic with Stephen K. Bannon. The epidemic is a demon, and we cannot let this demon hide. War Room. Pandemic. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. The CCP is an enemy of humanity. It is terrorizing its own people, and it is threatening the 
well-being of the world. In China, expressing beliefs or ideas not approved by the CCP, religion, democracy, human rights can lead to prison. The nation lives under mass surveillance and censorship. The U.S. must use its values of freedom, democracy, and the rule of law to gather a coalition of other democracies to stop CCP's aggression. Wow, you think that would be World War and Pandemic? You would be incorrect. That was a, a Chinese dissident, I think, called the Barefoot Lawyer, blind, reading in Braille. Uh, the CCP is the enemy of humanity. Uh, it's just incredible. And talked about the Alliance of Democracy. We call it the Alliance of Liberty. But that is directly from War Room Pandemic. And we, w- the, one of the reasons is we love to uh, – now, he's quite controversial. He was pulled out by uh, the Clinton administration. I think they got some umbrage last night about why he uh, – not Clinton administration, by Hillary Clinton, which she's Secretary of State in the Obama administration in 2015. They got him – helped to get him out. I think they took some umbrage about why he was – saying the Democratic Party is not standing up. But, hey, he's been here five years. He's seen it. They're just not going to – they're kowtowing. They don't want to address this. And to, <clears throat> to wit, their media partners, you had to be watching Fox or Fox Business. Or right? C-SPAN. Or C-SPAN or one of the things. If you're watching CNN, MSNBC, and I think even the networks uh, – well, he came on earlier. It was cut away, but CNN and MSNBC, right. they cut to another thing. And right? just, just note, I was watching America's Voice. That's where you get to. That's where you yeah. get to see. That's, I, that's w- one of the reasons you want to watch it, right? Vish yep. and I were watching this last night, and I, I have to say, one of the things just that I thought about seeing this blind dissident up there explaining the danger to the world of the CCP. I'm reminded of that parable. I think it was from the Bible. It said, "None are so blind who have eyes but cannot see." And here we have this wonderful metaphor of a blind man explaining to the American people you need to open up your eyes and see the threat that is right there before mm. you. Very powerful. Very powerful. Now, there's been some controversy about whether he's always been a Trump guy, what he's been tweeting. However, for his performance last night, very powerful. And I got to tell you, he laid it all out there, and, and, and it's in a minute. Um, and it's one, of the different, it's one of the big differentials that you understand the mainstream media does not want to talk about. CNN did, does not want to talk about Marsha Blackburn. They don't want to talk about... Uh, General Kellogg. They don't Th- want to talk about Don Jr. They don't want everybody talking about CCP virus, etc. They got Kamala Harris coming back today. She's coming back today in the buried lead in all the stories. She's going to specifically address their action program for the pandemic. The reason is war room pandemic added them. They're talking about they're supposed to be the evidence based, science based, uh, you know, database. And we're saying, hey, it's called a learning curve. This is what every tech company will tell you. Every modern company in America, every day you're learning more. You're getting smarter, you're getting more information. Just listen to Dr. Fauci. And so he's pulling out a plan from three or four months ago. That's like ancient Rome. Two quarters ago, at least. Two quarters ago. So you got it. You got to. And, and she's bringing it today. And trust me, we're going to do a compare and contrast tomorrow. What they said when Sleepy Joe, you know, dusted off his. Uh, the, he thought he was talking about the 1918 flu. Right. Um, <laughs> Uh, the uh, so and what Kamala Harris says. I think that was but, an underrated comment. But this, is, this oh. is where you got it. This is where you got to You got to force their hands. But Natalie Winters now the great young reporter at the National Pulse. She has a scalp. This was a bombshell last night, right? Released at like midnight, one in the morning. Yep. 
Right. So, Raheem, uh, bring us in and, and tell us how uh, National Pulse helped to drive this narrative. Pretty stunning. Pretty shocking what happened. Well, TikTok CEO Kevin Meyer has quit um, in the wake of all of the disruption around his Chinese Communist Party linked app and all of the details as, that's coming out of how they gather data out of your cell phones, out of uh, uh, your, your clipboard on your phones, what they can see. Uh, and Natalie, I want you to walk us through this because this was this was a late night release of this uh, information. I think that I think it first broke in in, in the Wall Street Journal or uh, uh, somewhere like that. But Kevin Meyer says he's leaving after being on the job for what three months, Natalie? Yes, this is certainly an interesting reaction. As you said, the story is still developing. But when I saw this break, as you said last night, late, late, late. I, I juxtaposed it to uh, ByteDance's CEO response in 2018 when one of his apps was banned from the Chinese Communist Party-run app store, where he said that henceforth he would use his apps to promote socialist core values. In contrast, you have the American CEO, when uh, damning information starts coming out about his app, uh, resigned from the company, which I think is just the latest evidence you need that TikTok is indeed uh, funded and controlled by the Chinese Communist Party. It was, I, I want to get into this because they say in some of the story. I think the FT said after he did some soul searching and I think further review of really what these apps are is kind of confusing. Quote, and people have to remember, this guy was like Disney's, the hot runner at a Disney. This is a right. guy that could have been the CEO of Disney. This was a training ground to go into bigger things. So he was like, when he went to TikTok, this was like a major, major, major uh, announcement, right? And so for him to walk away in three or four months upon further review, and one of the things was that, oh, it's not going to be a global platform now, but I think now he's really getting the questions. He and his lawyers are getting the answers to the questions of exactly what is TikTok and what is this, as General Spalding calls it. It just vacuums up data, right, to send back to uh, to China that are controlled by the Chinese Communist Party. So um, Kevin Meyer's statement, which I think was seen by CNN, stated, quote, I have done significant reflection on what the corporate structural changes will require. He's talking about in the wake of a sale of the app uh, and what it means for the global role I signed up for against this backdrop. As we expect to reach a resolution very soon, it is with a heavy heart that I wanted to let you all know I have decided to leave the company. Steve, I just I, I also want to make sure that we're not we're not skipping over from from the from the um, RNC why they pulled out of that. So, Natalie, I want to agree. Natalie, your response to to what Kevin Myers you know, it's Kevin Myers, and then we'll get into. You're saying it's not random that CNN when a uh, a uh, a dissident who's considered a hero, blind, comes up on Braille yeah. in, on, in front of a global audience in Washington, D.C., says the CCP is the enemy of humanity, and that's not on the airwaves of CNN. That's not just a random occurrence. I don't believe so, and Steve, I think you know as well as I do that Mr. Zucker pays very close attention to the network and what's on it, including its chirons and, and how it bills people, so absolutely in terms of what they carry live. Natalie, tell us why CNN would have pulled out from the Chinese dissident live yesterday. Sure, well, I think there's also one other thing that is interesting to mention with regards to Kevin Myers. As you said, Steve, he formerly worked at Disney, and I really think that his stint at Disney 
was a test run for him to work for TikTok because, as we know, Disney has collaborated with the Chinese Communist Party extensively. They have a Shanghai Disneyland, which was a $5.5, nearly $6 billion venture, where the state-owned Shanghai Shendi Investment Group actually owns the entire park. Uh, they've had party lectures and seminars going on. They have a party recruitment center less than a mile outside of the park. So I think that the Chinese Communist Party and TikTok thought that by hiring Kevin Myers, they had someone that was amenable to the Chinese Communist Party, but apparently he was not up to task. But as you said, Raheem, with regards to CNN and their decision to not air uh, the moving speech by the Chinese dissident, uh, certainly no surprise, CNN is entirely in cahoots with the Chinese Communist Party. We've been following this access, really the CCP's attempt to turn C CNN into their own kind of propaganda platform for some time now on the National Pulse. We've highlighted how Xinhua University's journalism school lists CNN as a collaborating partner that they have a, quote, long history of cooperation with. CNN has even provided this school, quote, talent, equipment, and internships. Uh, but what's really concerning about this partnership is if you go to the front page of the school's website, not which not only is entirely bankrolled by the Chinese Communist Party, but a direct quote is that we should be committed to a firm and correct political orientation. Our school has been actively exploring the theory and practices of Marxist journalism, namely to applying the Marxist theory and observing the world, selecting and handling news production. And this school, which believe it or not, has actually listed Fareed Zakaria, a prominent CNN host, as the best lecturer in 2017. Uh, its sole purpose is to create the journalists to go on to work in the apparatus of Chinese state media and effectively carry water uh, for the Chinese Communist Party and outlets like China Global Television Network, China Daily, and more. And there's even a revolving door between CNN and CGTN, which is short for China Global Television Network, again, entirely funded by the Chinese Communist Party, but at least five former individuals who worked at CNN. Uh, and not just low-level talent, uh, researchers, writers, anchors have actually gone on to work for CGTN, uh, placing them not only on the direct payroll of the Chinese Communist Party, but helping to assist uh, this party with their quest to reach as many American homes with their propaganda. Uh, and also, CNN has even attended CGTN's Global Media Summit, offering high-level executives speaking on panels about how they hope to cooperate wow. uh, and collaborate with CGTN. And I think most compelling is the fact that the National Press Club, which, again, enjoys membership from journalists from outlets like CNN, uh, all the establishment ilk, they're actually listed as partners of the Confucius Institute U.S. Center, which was recently labeled a foreign mission by the Trump administration uh, because they funnel Chinese Communist Party propaganda into American schools are rife with intellectual property theft wow. and espionage. And believe it or not, the National Press yeah. Club actually hang, offers hang their headquarters let's, let's, to host the Confucius Institute's let's, annual gala. Just stay back and come over in the next uh, next segment. We're hearing Natalie Winters give us talk about CNN News with... CCP characteristics. We'll return with her and Dr. Zelenko in just a moment. War Room Pandemic with Stephen K. Bannon. The epidemic is a demon and we cannot let this demon hide. War Room Pandemic. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. All right, welcome back 
to the war room, concluding here with Natalie Winters of the National Pulse, and then Dr. Vladimir Zelenko joins us. Jack Maxey will take over that. Natalie, I just want to conclude on what you were saying, because there's so much information there. Just repeat for our audience, and for me, what you were saying about the National Press Club, what the National Press Club is, how they're linked to the Chinese Communist Party, and then remind us about the TikTok link with CNN staff now as well. Sure. So the National Press Club enjoys membership from journalists of the CNN, Washington Post, New York Times, Ilk. Uh, but they've actually been listed for years now as a partner of Confucius Institute, which has been labeled as a foreign mission by the Trump administration on behalf of the Chinese Communist Party. Former presidents of the National Press Club have actually directed that Marxist journalism school that I was talking about, and they even offer their facilities to host the Confucius Institute annual gala. Um, but as you mentioned, lead stories, which again, half of the staffers at that organization are former CNN journalists. They have over 120 years of collective experience. They're also all Democrats, but no coincidence there. Uh, and this organization has actually partnered with TikTok to uh, fact check content related to the election, uh, any really any political content. Um, but just remember, CNN, during impeachment, during the Russian collusion hoax, every single night they would put up whistleblowers and tell you that that is what patriotism looks like. Right now, they love putting up, you know, Republican Party defectors who endorse Joe Biden. They'll even give Hunter Biden an exclusive interview, and CNN will even put Richard Spencer on. But apparently a Chinese Communist Party dissident, that's where they draw the line. Wow. Wow. And, and just finally, I mean, the National Press Club is where all these D.C. reporters hang out. I think people need to understand that. Um, that's where they go in the daytime. That's where they go for events. And just, Natalie, the TikTok link, the Lead Stories link. Yeah, so Lead Stories also works for Facebook. And they've censored actually a lot of our content over at the National Post. Uh, coincidentally, all our stories about Joe Biden have fallen victim to, to censorship by this organization, but they've been now acquired, or rather hired, by TikTok to offer their fact-checking services to any content that's related to the political uh, sphere 2020 election, again, ostensibly placing them on the payroll of the Chinese Communist Party, or at least by extension through TikTok. Extraordinary stuff. Natalie Winters, thank you so much for joining us here today, and see you at 3 p.m. for the National Pulse Show at America's Voice. Yes, thank you for having me on. Jack. Okay, this is Jack Maxey. I've got the con here, and I'm very, very pleased to have on our show one of the, the great modern heroes of our age and a personal hero of mine, Dr. Zev Zelenko. This guy has been on the front line of battling COVID-19, the CCP virus. He has been an early and strong advocate for the use of hydroxychloroquine, azithromycin, and zinc as a bullet. And, uh, Dr. Zelenko, you and I have talked about this many times, just the sort of shame uh, that we both kind of feel watching this uh, very usable treatment that you had come up with, the Zelenko protocol, not get to the people who needs it. And you had a very strong tweet this morning. If you, if you don't mind, I'm going to read it for the audience because it, it echoes exactly what I feel. Day of reckoning is coming for everyone who colluded anti-HCQ propaganda. If you are among the policymakers or physicians participating in this charade, 
You may want to disassociate yourself while you can credibly plead ignorance for tens of thousands of preventable deaths. And this is really what it's all about, isn't it, Dr. Zeb? Sure. First of all, thank you for having me. You know, the bigger the lie, the easier it is to believe. And I, I did a general survey of all the information that's available now um, on COVID-19, all the scientific data. And let me tell you what I found. There's been around 70, 70 studies of papers written regarding COVID-19 treatment. Out of those, uh, 55 have been uh, positive, meaning they showed some type of benefit. And out of those 55, 40 were peer-reviewed. But the negative or neutral papers, there were 14. And each one of these 14 papers had a flaw. For example, um, one, the Lancet paper was fraudulent. The two other papers that came out from England, they used lethal doses of medication. The study that came out of Minnesota, Dr. Bulwer, was funded by Gilead. And the rest of the studies were on ICU patients that were half dead. So in other words, let's take a step back and see the forest for the trees. That scientific data shows, um, even though there weren't randomized controlled tr uh, uh, trials, nevertheless, the amount of data that we've been able to generate uh, worldwide shows that it is statistically impossible for hydroxychloroquine not to be working. So this is the big lie, the big lie to humanity. For whatever whatever the, the root causes are, uh, for trying to deceive innocent people and causing this genocide, um, the media is especially guilty because they've been the propaganda tool for the deeper forces that are guiding them. And they hold a big, they have a big uh, uh, debt to pay to society, especially CNN and Washington Post and New York Times. These are these are partisan and propaganda rags that have nothing to do with truth. So it's time now for the humanity to rise up and, and begin to take off the, the, all the dirt in your eyes and begin to see. The truth is we have effective therapeutics. We have medication that can eradicate this virus and probably other viruses like influenza as well. It's safe, it's cheap. It's one of the safest drugs in the history of medicine. That's another big lie. So it's unbelievable. The evidence is absolutely overwhelmingly uh, convincing that hydroxychloroquine with the use of zinc um, and azithromycin is extremely effective. And let me tell you, my paper is the best out of all of them. And I'll tell you why, because it wasn't a paper. I didn't do research. I was just trying to keep people, my patients alive. And I was, uh, it's real world medical evidence. And I was experimenting and trying to get it right. And my patients stopped dying. So I didn't have any ulterior motives except just to help my patients, unlike people who run studies. So, and my, my data shows that if you start treating people within the first five days, and now I'm saying within the first two days of symptoms, you're going to have a cure. You're going to have 100% um, 
elimination of, of hospitalizations. Currently, my, my data shows 84%, but that's because, you know, I waited till five days or, or patients came in late. Um, but now I'm telling you, within the first 48 hours, the CDC lists uh, regarding the treatment of influenza that you must start antiviral medication within the first 48 hours because that's when it's the most effective. And, and it's a very simple. It's much easier to put out a small infection than a large infection. So there's a big lie to the American people and to the people of the world. And this lie, uh, I have my theories and, and b beliefs why it's being done, whether it's eugenics, whether it's um, to gain political power, power grab, whether it's uh, pharmaceutical companies wanting to increase their control and influence and wealth, whatever it may be, um, the media has been a willful, uh, useful idiot, like Lenin would say, that the media are useful idiots that, that propagate the, the voices of their puppet masters. They're, it's disgusting. I think if I ran this country, I would uh, I would sue these uh, immoral organizations that have nothing to do with journalism, and I would put them out of business. It's, it's unbelievable the crime against humanity um, that has been perpetrated on innocent people, and, and actually the most vulnerable people, the ones we are most obligated to protect, senior citizens, our, our, our grandparents, our parents, people that have illnesses, that are sick, these are the people we need to protect. It's almost we have a moral obligation to protect these people, Doctor. One of the things. And these are the people that were. I find so horrifying about all this is we now also know that the vaccine probably is not going to be as useful as we thought it was going to be, and like all vaccines, it's probably not going to be very useful on the population that needs it most, the 65 and older, because they don't tend to generate a great immune response even with mainstream vaccines so one of the things that i find so sick about this and you mentioned it you know you said you have some theories and we kind of talked about it on the side i actually cannot understand why there has not been more outrage concerning the vast number of mortalities in state and county uh retirement homes that the state had an actual obligation to protect those people. And you look in your own state, for example, of New York, they're now saying as many as 11,000 people might have died under state care because of poor decisions made by the administration concerning sending people back who were still, uh, still had the COVID-19 going back into other rest homes with other people who had not gotten sick yet. And there's absolute silence. I mean, like... This makes me tear up thinking about all these grandmothers and grandfathers out there who, who were basically left to die, and there doesn't seem to be any debate about it even. Fortunately, the Department of Justice is now uh, looking into it, but the silence from the media, Zev, is what I can't get over. So listen, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be blunt. Um, these are forces of death. They represent the... the the most disgusting, impure forces in the world. And whether it's the liberal left who's trying to uh, gain power and they're ready to do everything, including mass murder, the most vulnerable amongst us, and destroy our economy, whether it's the pharmaceutical greed that they will sacrifice human life for profit, whether it's academics who are so arrogant that they can't see past their own noses and can't 
be open-minded to, to legitimate real-world evidence. It's, it's, these, are, these are all represent the same exact thing. These are forces of, of the opposite of life. And they will do everything possible right now because they're petrified that the truth is going to come out. They're like cornered animals. They've dug in because they have no other choice. And, and that's the situation we find ourselves in. And I plead with the president uh, that, you know, you really do have the power to, to intervene here. And I don't understand, the, by the way, the EUA that you approved, the FDA approved for the plasma, I think is great. You know, if any of my patients end up in the hospital and they need plasma, great. But my patients don't end up in the hospital. And the reason why they don't end up in the hospital is because I treat them early. So why don't, what I don't understand um, is why they have six months into this, why we still do not have a therapeutic approved uh, EUA for the use of, of hydroxychloroquine in combination with zinc and azithromycin or doxycycline or various other uh, therapeutics like ivermectin, budesimide, it doesn't matter, but there's a lot. But the question is, why are these drugs not being uh, permitted to be used. Hold that thought, doc- to be used. Hold that thought, Dr. Zelenko. We got to go to a short break, but man, we love having you on. Dr. Zelenko here, educating America and the world about hydroxychloroquine. We are going to be back in just a few minutes. War Room Pandemic with Stephen K. Bannon. The epidemic is a demon, and we cannot let this demon hide. War Room Pandemic. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. Jack Maxey in the captain's seat here for Stephen K. Bannon in the war room here with Vish Burra and Rahim Kassam. And on the line, we have Dr. Zev Zelenko. Doctor, just keep going, man. You are educating me. You're educating the world. We were talking about HCQ and some of the reasons why it just doesn't seem to uh, get into the mix. You know, I have a very strong desire for justice and retribution, but that is not really the focus right now. Right now, people are dying unnecessarily, and I think that our, our primary goal should be to implement therapeutics and policies that will save people. Once once the infection is under control, then we can begin to, uh, you know, prosecute the the people that orchestrated this. And my my demand, I've been screaming the same thing since the beginning of March, that we need to intervene early, and we need the FDA to recommend that intervention with COVID-19 must begin with the earliest onset of symptoms and do not let, let patients progress until stage two when they end up in the hospital. So I, I plead, I, I'm gonna submit, I'm in the process of um, spending thousands of dollars to get an EUA uh, application into the FDA asking for the Zelenka protocol, which is again, zinc, hydroxychloroquine and azithromycin or varying variants of that to be get, to get an EUA to be implemented in stage one so primary care doctors won't be afraid to use it 
And that is the solution to this problem. It's not vaccines. It's not developing more respirators or fancy drugs or plasma. These are all band-aids. What we need to do is eradicate the inf infection in its infancy. And by doing so, everything else becomes a moot point. So the problem here is that we're six months into this terrible pandemic of lies, and we still, the government is still saying the same thing. If, you, if you're sick, go home, take Tylenol. When you get sicker, go to the hospital. Can you imagine after six, seven months, the same mantra? This is, this is beyond, this is not by accident. This is not that they're stupid. These are smart people. This is being orchestrated on purpose. What, why do you, why? Dr. Zelenko, uh, Steve Bannon, just yeah, I just got back in. Uh, I couldn't miss your spot. I, I was listening to the in the control room. What do you, you you've been one of the most logical, straightforward, science based, evidence based. People are going to say, did Dr. Zelenko is, is he now putting his tinfoil hat on? When you say that this is, uh, you know, it, it's a it's a uh, pandemic of lies, and now it's like a conspiracy. We don't believe in conspiracy theories here, but we also believe there's no coincidences. So walk people through your evidence like you've had your evidence on hydroxy walk through the evidence of the suppression of this information or the promotion of misinformation well you could see that the fda uh, took away emergency use authorization uh, based on fraudulent studies based on studies that were retracted based on studies that used homicidal doses of hydroxychloroquine based on studies of patients that were uh, on a ventilator for 17 days and they came to the conclusion that the medication doesn't work based on studies that were literally funded by Gilead. So the whole basis for them to uproot the use of hydroxychloroquine was, um, I'm not going to curse, but was built on, on, on a foundation of lies. And the reason why is because the bigger the lie, the easier it is to believe. Because there's such a uh, uh, overwhelming amount of evidence proving the efficacy and safety of hydroxychloroquine that it's statistically, I spoke to Dr. Harvey Reich, it's statistically impossible for these medications uh, uh, to be not effective after the amount of data that's been presented. So all this um, artificial obstacles of randomized controlled trials, you know, I just found the randomized controlled trial that uh, in the abstract said that uh, hydroxychloroquine was not beneficial. But when you look into the, uh, into the actual article, there's a chart that shows that nursing home residents benefited from, uh, from getting hydroxychloroquine prophylaxis. They did much better. So even people who ran studies misreported their own results. You have to ask yourself why. But, but, but Dr. So, Zelenko, that's why people are this saying is this is the FDA. These are legitimate things. How did this, how has this all happened? And do you think the, uh, and I know the, the president's a big fan of yours. Uh, why is the, it seems like the White House or the task force not coming to grips with this when we have such prominent names, frontline guys like you, prominent names like Harvey Risch. You know, we keep saying hydroxy, the uh, emergency use authorization is the hill to die on when it comes to. Uh, you know, opening the country back up again, right? But it seems like right now, either the polling or there's some reason that there's crickets. Why, why do you, what do you think is actually going on? I, I know exactly what's going on. 
first of all, Peter Navarro is a strong advocate and has been consistently uh, logical and, in my opinion, correct about uh, his policy recommendations. Uh, Senator Ron Johnson, I've been dealing with him almost weekly. He is 100% correct and a very strong advocate. However, everyone else that's in the president's inner circle um, has made it this, they all know hydroxychloroquine works. The question here is not about efficacy. The, the, the problem is that it's politically, in their minds, it's politically toxic. They want to stay away from it because they feel that it's going to hurt the president's um, re-election. Um, and that's an opinion. I don't agree with that opinion, but no one's asking me. But I believe that's really what's going on, that in the president's inner circle, and the president himself knows, everyone knows that he took hydroxychloroquine as prophylaxis based on my recommendations. The president very well knows exactly my protocols. I think what he's waiting for is the right political cover to be able to implement um, outpatient treatment and minimize the political blowback. And I, I think what he really needs is more doctors and more uh, people screaming. Do- Dr. Zelenko, um, Dr. Zelenko, could you stay over for the, could you, st- we're going to take a short break, go to our next episode. Can you stay over? We, we want to bring you back and finish this. Sure. And Jack Maxey's giving me stink eye since I walked back in and just took his mic. No, no, not at all, Dr. <laughs> Zed. We love, we love what you got to say. We love it. you, man. You're the best. Okay, short commercial break. Hashtag warm pandemic. Really want to hear about if you're in the uh, in the uh, flight path of the storm of the hurricane, Laura. Let us know. Get up there and talk to us. Going to return with Dr. Zelenko, also Weather Nation. <laughs> <laughs> 